people joining. Hi, everyone. Welcome. We'll get started in just a minute. Thank you all for being here. We are just gathering together. And um, as soon as we have a couple more people in here, we will get going. Okay, I think we'll get started. I just want to welcome everyone to uh, today's GLN Expert Access. Um, we are talking about messaging in a crisis today. Uh, messaging um, in a crisis and today's host is uh, Michael Boudreau from the GLN and our guest is uh, James LaForce. Just a quick uh, mention about questions. We'll be taking questions throughout the program. Um, there is a little Q&A chat button in your, uh, should be in your program. It says Q&A. If you have any questions, just post them there and then Michael and I will be monitoring and, and we will hopefully get to everyone. So without further ado, I'll hand it off to Michael and James. Thanks, Megan. Um, Thank you. Uh, we're having, I asked James LaForce to do this webinar because uh, he's had so much experience dealing with messaging and branding for some of the biggest brands in America, including Target, Banana Republic, Replico, and Spotify. He's also worked for many years with various fashion brands, and he not only knows how to create messaging to get a, a brand's image across and the information, but anyone who does that for any brand over the years that has to deal with crisis management on occasion, usually under very difficult circumstances. Today, of course, we're all in a crisis and we have to figure out how to approach and talk to our various constituencies in the design world. It could be your, your own team, your clients, your vendors, your workrooms. So we thought it would be really, really helpful to have James talk about how you speak, how you adjust your message and also, as we start coming out of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, how do you start changing your message to make it, let's say, a little more forward-thinking and optimistic without being insensitive? So I'm very, very pleased that James agreed to do this, and I turn things over to you, James. And thanks, we will do Michael. the questions at the end, as we said. Thank you, and thanks for everybody that's tuning in. I hope I'll have information that's valuable and relevant to uh, each person's situation. Um, some of what I'll, I'll first talk about is just my, my agency, my business, and, and the clients that I'm working with. Uh, a lot of them are, as Michael said, kind of big consumer brands. Uh, not necessarily uh, that similar to many of your businesses as I looked at the attendees to this webinar. 
but I think there's a lot of commonality just in uh, everyone is providing a service to a customer uh, and everyone, every company that I work with, as all yours do, has a particular culture and, and a mission and uh, a way of doing business and a strategy to be successful. Uh, so I, I hope that there'll be some university out, universal kind of truths that can be translated to your businesses. Um, we were about 100 people in an office in, in New York in Union Square. And on mo that Monday, March 16th, uh, like everyone else, most everyone else in New York, uh, we, we moved to working from home. And uh, in most cases, our uh, kind of young employees moved to their parents, went back to their parents' houses across the country. And now they're in their childhood bedrooms um, working uh, remotely. And, and for us, because we are in the information business and, and uh, really just trade in ideas and content, uh, it was a pretty seamless transition to working from home. Um, the, we just miss, of course, the, the human contact and uh, we've been staying connected uh, regularly through video chat uh, methods. Um, we, we have, of course, had to immediately pivot all of our strategies for, for every client. Uh, once we got over that initial week of canceling every event that we had planned and, and recognizing that events that we were thinking about hap happening in June and July were also going to get canceled, uh, we, we sort of got down to the business of, of communicating uh, <clears throat> for the brand and the product in the new environment. Um, and each each strategy has been radically different based on on the business and and uh, how it was affected, and of course the the size of its uh, the size of the company and 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 what they were able to execute. Um, Nike, one of our biggest high profile clients, uh, immediately generated a campaign around the fact that all of sports had been canceled and and showcased. A, athletes working from home, which was able to send this message of sort of solidarity with all of us who are working from home um, and showing the athletes in, in kind of self-created content uh, training in their kitchens and living rooms and, and with their families. Um, for Banana Republic, we, we talked a lot about the executives from the company and, and how they were working from home uh, and adapting in, in those cases where appropriate kind of fashion messages and sort of work, work from home kind of uniform ideas. Uh, our spirits brands, uh, Michael mentioned both Lico Champagne and, uh, and wine brands and, and spirits brands, all kind of uh, became immediately activated around supporting the closure of restaurants and bars, which of course are the key uh, distribution points for their products. So with all these relief funds that were created almost overnight for employees who were laid off, it gave us in the spirits uh, industry something to, to rally around. Um, and it, of course, was uh, helpful to our trade partners uh, while also sending a message of solidarity to consumers. Um, uh, and, and, and simultaneously, we we started to, and where appropriately and carefully promoting things like virtual happy hours and Zoom cocktail parties and kind, the kinds of things that, that 
you've all been seeing, I'm sure, and, and reading about or participating in. Um, we represent quick service restaurants or sort of fast food uh, companies like Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, and they were open and their business stayed open and, and they were considered an essential provider. So the strategy for them was very different. We, we wanted to let people know that we were open and, and we wanted uh, to, to encourage, you know, drive through and, and reassure people that that was a safe way of picking up food. Uh, so again, client to client, e each person's situation was so different. Um, Uber is a client of ours, and and we had uh, programs around uh, staying at home, uh, encouraging people not to take Ubers, and the message was stay at home for for everyone who can't. Meaning, let the Ubers uh, be available to the Uber drivers that choose to drive, and and ideally they're driving essential workers to the workplace. So, very much customized and unique to Uber. On the other hand, for Uber Eats, we were uh, inundated with uh, business opportunities because we were delivering food. Uh, Uber Eats drivers were delivering food from all the restaurants that were open. Um, and we immediately made a partnership with Zagat, the restaurant guide, uh, to, uh, to promote the restaurants that were open for home delivery. Um, and I, I won't go on and on. I don't want this to run on, but um, I, I think, uh, from an internal standpoint, and I'll just share this from my company, and then uh, to the degree that I can mention it further in this presentation, uh, we found most reassuring establishing a cadence of communication to our employees. So we found, and I developed this with the HR and, and operations team of the company, that we'll, we'll talk to everybody Monday morning via video chat, we'll have wine down Wednesday, which was something we always had in the office when we served wine, um, that we kept that going uh, on Wednesdays via via Zoom and everyone would have a glass of wine. That was kind of designed as social. And then a, then a kind of recap of the week on Friday. And of course, everybody, all the employees are asking, you know, when are we getting back to work? What's happening with our clients and our jobs? And, and we just agreed that, uh, even if we didn't have anything to say, we, we, had, we, we had to stay with the program of giving them information. And even if it was, you know, three times a week, we still don't know, we still don't know. And for many things, it has been that. Uh, we found that that's better than, than saying there's no new updates. Um, you know, we, we, we just had to kind of get in front of and be transparent about all the unknowns. Uh, and, and we've ultimately found just that the discipline and the regularity, the cadence of the communication to the employees has been uh, reassuring, even when there's so little information to provide. Um, and then of course, allowing for a lot of flexibility uh, for our employees. We have a, a lot of employees with kids at home and, and so their work schedules have changed drastically in terms of their ability to perform the work, uh, but their clients on the other side are in similar situations. So uh, we found Luckily, our, we have wonderful clients who've been very supportive of the situation we're in and, of course, empathy because they're in, in a similar situation. So uh, then I've just got seven quick points. Um, I'll go on here. And if anyone has any questions or, Michael, you want to interrupt, um, I'm just going to kind of follow on some guidelines that I think are appropriate to marketing overall. Um, they're appropriate in any crisis. Uh, and, and as Michael said, this is sort of a shared crisis. Uh, usually when we're 
we're managing a crisis for a client, it's, it's what's making them unique. Something has gone wrong with their business or something's happened internally and they're being singled out uh, for, for what's happened. In this case, we're, we're sharing this existential crisis together um, and in a way that it's certainly, there's not to try to find betters in these situations is in a way better because no one's being singled out. Um, and I think universally, there's a there's an opportunity for everybody to uh, give everyone else a break these days. Um, everybody is uh, I don't find I don't find the press and and the consumers jumping on people um, as much as as they would have pre the pandemic. Um, so so James, do you feel there is a sense that we're all in this together and people are more forgiving? In terms of messaging, yes. I, I mean, I think we all saw there were some very obvious missteps in in my category in public relations, in marketing, uh, celebrities, uh, executives, um, you know, missing the missing that beat in that in that first moment, and I think I think the media and the consumer was trained to kind of jump on anybody who was coloring outside the lines. Um, I, I think now as the weeks have gone on and we've all kind of developed a shared language around how to, how to cope with and, and deal with the situation that we're in, um, I, I, I do think, um, I, th I think first of all, everybody's sort of getting, getting the language down. Um, and, and so there aren't as many missteps. Um, and I, I think there is, uh, I hope a, a more uh, conducive attitude. You know, nonetheless, overall, my message is going to be to be careful um, and and to uh, when in doubt. Uh, I think Oprah says, "When in doubt, don't." Um, you know, that's kind of a universal here. If you question a strategy, if you question a a hashtag, uh, an Instagram post, not sure that it's right to send right now, then certainly don't send it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so so my, first, my first point in my notes here is just to engage one-on-one -on -one wherever possible. So I've been trying to do this uh, with every client and, and with, with every employee. And I would advise anybody who's in any kind of business, uh, it's very hard in a situation like this to have sort of a blanket statement, a universal letter, um, an Instagram post or a Facebook message that's going to sort of cover off on every situation that everybody's in. So I have tried to have one-on-one -on -one conversations via, via Zoom or, or uh, just a, a cell phone call uh, with, with every one of our customers and every one of our employees. And I'm just kind of on a rotation to check people at home uh, who are working from home just to see how they're doing. And, um, I just advise that uh, this is not the time to send out one note and figure you've got it covered between employees and and distribution partners and customers. Um, every communication where possible, make it bespoke to that particular relationship. Um, and then this is kind of a big one. This is point number three. Uh, this is an opportunity to reaffirm our purpose, our, our culture, our values. Uh, it's, uh, 
times like this, I mean, we've been moving in general in communications with our many of our, our consumer brands to, to bring more of a sense of purpose to why we're in business, uh, to, to put the purpose first before the product, before the service, to have a general mission and culture that we can rally around. And, and this is really a situation where that's becoming uh, that, that kind of thinking and, and that m method of uh, running a company is more important than ever. Uh, we feel as though the companies that we work with that do have a very strong culture and a very strong uh, sense of, of mission and purpose are, are doing better through this crisis because they're not having to overthink what they're about and and what, and what they mean, they, they were immediately able to make decisions on what was going to look right and, and work right for their employees and their customers. Um, it's, I think, a really good time to explore strategic partnerships. So uh, I mentioned Uber and Zagat. Uh, almost universally, our clients have found that uh, people who we might not have or brands that we might not have partnered with before in this situation, uh, going to the marketplace with an idea or, or sharing content or producing content together, um, whether this might be with one of your members and an interior designer or multiple interior designers or multiple uh, product companies um, or in the DLN network overall, um, it's, it's an opportunity for uh, us to sort of stand together with with partners and uh, there is that sort of notion of safety in numbers. Um, if a couple of companies work together on something together, usually the ideas get better, uh, the outputs better, uh, and the customers feel as though uh, there's unity. And I, I think we've seen this a lot in the home furnishings industry and a lot of kind of rallying together, which I think has been very inspiring. So um, strategic partnerships are uh, I think more than ever uh, situations that can get uh, utilized in, in this moment. Um, new distribution channels, maybe that's something more for another phase. Um, I put it in this section, but um, obviously everybody's rethinking how they sell. Uh, and, and so to explore new formats and new formats are becoming available in this market. And then just a general upgrade of digital brand assets. Um, more, we're all being asked now to communicate everything online. Uh, communicating more is, is essential. And, and so to, to have better imagery to show and, and sort of different imagery to show that's uh, conducive to the environment we're in. Um, you know, we've, we've been working a lot and across our clients on kind of self-created, employee-created, uh, partner-created content. Uh, because of course, all the shoots, all the fashion shoots, all the uh, product shoots, all the television commercials shoots have been uh, postponed. And, and so we've had to rely on this kind of self-created content and, and then give it to an editor and a retoucher to uh, working alone, make it make it look as good as 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 we can and it's going to change i think our 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 sort of eye on how we how we perceive things and how we look at things so the highly produced highly retouched shot by a team of experts kind of look in in photography and video is going to look i think 
very quickly very dated. And uh, we're going to go to this more iPhone shot by my daughter kind of look that um, I think I think will be a kind of refreshing uh, way to to see things. Um, and and I think now's the time, obviously, when when we have uh, lots of iPhones in the family to to start producing that kind of content. Um, and also in this very kind of big section, I have tracking the conversation closely in your category. Uh, all of our clients relied on us to do media monitoring of competitors uh, and, and then to interpret that the media coverage that we see and sort of track whether it's a, a retailer or a spirits brand or a fashion brand uh, to, to kind of keep everybody abreast of what's going on. Now we're finding that some of our big clients who are across the country or across the world are asking for media updates multiple times a day uh, because things are changing so quickly, the conversation's changing, and, and there's this whole focus on where a region is in the crisis. What's a, what's a total lockdown in New York is a, is a very si different situation in Florida. Uh, so uh, everyone getting a sense of how the media is perceiving things locally and how customers are reacting locally is more important than ever. So I think it's a really good time to choose uh, who are the companies, brands, individuals that you follow and, and watch them very closely and, and take cues from, from their best behaviors and, and take lessons from mistakes that you, you see them making uh, so that it can improve uh, your own output. Um, my next section is, am I going on too much? Is this okay, Michael? No, no, keep going. This is good. Okay. I have a couple of questions I'm gonna ask you in a few minutes, but. Okay, but yeah, I, I just don't know if I'm running on. No. Um, be clear and be transparent. Uh, I'm finding, true. and I'm seeing, of course, there's so much in social, we're seeing a side to businesses that we've never seen before. We're seeing CEOs and creative directors who always were well-lighted and, and media trained and uh, shot in a studio. Uh, now, you know, with a, a day's growth of beard and, and uncut hair and roots showing and all that. So this, again, this is the opportunity to put everything in front of your customers and your partners especially your employees, especially uh, the business owner and, and their life. Um, this is something that consumers have been asking for for years and the marketplace has been talking about transparency and openness and putting a human face on, on businesses and products. And, and I, you know, we've all been resistant to it for various reasons around uh, having a very sort of precious brand image and, a, and, and wanting to communicate a kind of aspirational, luxurious kind of fantasy. Um, but but now I, I feel like the brands that are being the most successful are are have pulled back every curtain, are are showing you exactly what they're going through, um, and in all its you know messiness and 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 realness. And and so uh, there's just a big emphasis on putting the employee first, uh, putting ownership out in front and uh and and of course everybody in the supply chain meaning everybody who makes 
a business possible um, and, and showcasing them. And it makes me realize that, you know, there are a lot of people in my business that I didn't ever photograph for the website or have video on or whatever, which I, I wish I had it now. And I, I wish I thought of it. I don't want to seem uh, exploitative to be asking for it now, but I, I just realized there's an opportunity to be getting content of, of how our, our business works. Um, James, I want to ask on that yeah. point, you know, I think one of the things you're stressing is authenticity and honesty, but my question is how honest should you be? I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners, some of their firms have lost clients or projects have been put on hold, you know, staffs are nervous, workrooms are nervous. How do you, how do you handle that? How honest well, should you be? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think reassure, some sort of reassurance or some sort of messages that we're going through this together. Um, and, and I certainly think that if there, if a company is very hard hit, um, it is very important to, to not misrepresent how you look to your, to your customers, um, because it's insensitive to your employees or to your partners. Um, but I don't think, um, necessarily that, you know, providing the gory details of, uh, of, of bad situations is, is, is necessarily doing anybody any good. So I think it's demonstrating humanness and vulnerability and, uh, and finding that balance uh, with the reality of the fact that we're trying to keep the business going. And a lot of that is just can be cadence, like less and, and less promotional language and less product featured messages and more uh more sort of philosophical content or or content around staying home and staying safe or um or the simpler things or or finding serenity or one of the things our clients are working on a lot is kind of education like and it it, it allows you a kind of transparency to educate somebody about a part of your business um, so it's it's being honest, it's being truthful, uh, but it's not necessarily dwelling on what's negative. It's just taking this opportunity to say, it, like, and I, I get a lot of cues from the media, the New York Times has closed down its travel section, but has added the at-home section. Um, so which we consider, you know, for the home furnishing sector, good news, because there's a, a, a new place that wasn't there before for promoting products and services. Um, and the travel... The travel section changed 52 places to visit this year to 52 places you should learn about, right? right? So the, the notion of using this time just to educate, I think it's a kind of transparency without, as I said, dwelling on, right. on the worst of it. Yeah, you don't have to expose your financial statements. Yeah, uh, you know, I, it, it is a good question to ask about uh, the PPP loans. Um, and I've had uh, a number of companies uh, clients want wanting my opinion on how public they would be about receiving that loan, both to employees and to customers. Um, and it's been sort of a case by case basis uh, based on the size of the company. I think for a, a small company, um, I was speaking to an interior designer yesterday who was applying for it in the second round. And, you know, I, I thought it, it made him seem very much on it. He cares about his business. He's, he's trying to make it work. 
Um, and I think it means a lot to his employees for, for them to see him doing that. Um, and, and I think, I, I think it would mean a lot to his clients too, that, that he, uh, that he is a good business person and he's vigilant about, about trying to get, to get that, that loan. Yes, I know so, a lot of our members have been dealing with the PPP issues and their banks and everything. It's a big topic, yeah. but I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything, it's not about being embarrassed or, you know, you're, you're being good. This is, it's good business and you're a good business person. Yeah. And, and uh, it's going to, it's, uh, will be made public. I mean, there, there, if somebody wants to find out, right. really cares about whether you got one or not, it, it, it'll be, I think, I think it's going to be public information. Right. right. But I, I don't think any of our members are the scale of Shake Shack or Ruth's Chris Steakhouse that they need to be embarrassed if they get the money. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then my next section is about getting into the conversation with your community, internal and external. And I think we've talked about a fair amount of that. Um, and I, I have a, a point on dropping formality, which I think I found about finding a more comfortable human voice. Um, and in this section is kind of where I, I do explore sort of tiptoeing into paid digital. We have a, a, a digital media team and a, a social team that is advising clients to uh, take advantage of uh, less expensive rates in paid digital. A lot of advertising has been uh, eliminated. A lot of companies that have a lot of expensively produced uh, content um, is now scrapped. It's irrelevant. It would be tone deaf to be running that advertising. So there are opportunities with influencers uh, and, and you know, we, we all have different feelings about how we use influencers or work with them with our companies, but we are doubling down on our influencer, our paid influencer strategies. Um, and, and we're, uh, we're, we're doing more paid media than we had done before advising more paid media because there are opportunities and rates and of course then more than ever being extra careful about how the messages are conveyed and what the tone is uh, acknowledging the the marketplace that we're in so um, I say that with a big uh, a big watch out to, to make sure you're not um, doing something that would see appear tone deaf or exploitative. Um, I I put in this section the Saint Laurent announcement. I was talking to a fashion client this morning, and uh, Saint Laurent Fashion House announced that they were going to not participate in any kind of Paris Fashion Week in the fall, whatever that could look like, and that they were going to go on their own schedule um, of showing when they want to show, uh, producing collections to the consumers when they, when they felt like they had something that they wanted to, to say or produce and to not follow any industry calendar, um, which I thought was an interesting step. I mean, I think it got them a lot of positive uh, business coverage uh, because it showed them committing uh, to a kind of way of working that a lot of people in the fashion industry had already been leaning towards, choosing to show, not show, show in a showroom, show digitally, show virtually. That was already happening, has been going on for years. But this was somebody who took a, 
took the opportunity, somebody very strong in the sector, somebody very influential, uh, uh, to, to, to say something that was really pretty nonspecific, but uh, said to the industry, we don't have to follow anyone's calendar but our own. We care only about our customers and our distribution partners, and we think we can work in a way that's going to work for them. And um, I thought that was an inspiring announcement. And usually when people do that, a leader in the sector, there's a couple of follow-along announcements from other companies who say, yeah, we're going to do something similar, but there was crickets. Like no one else was able to step forward and announce anything. So um, it's, it's demonstrative of a of a moment in time that we're in where uh, the uh, there's just so much lack of a surety throughout the marketplace that people are very timid about, about saying anything. And so, I mean, based on where we are with some clients, we're, we're, we're trying to move into a mode of like, let's start giving people something to hold on to some kind of information that means something. And, and again, in that, in this new permissiveness, I mean, I think if Saint Laurent ends up showing in spring 20, 2021, you know, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world that they announced now that they weren't going to follow a calendar. I don't I don't think anyone cares that much about it. It's it's an okay thing to to say right now. So I am trying to look for ways that our clients can announce things that give us something to hold on to. Um, this particular client is doing a plans to do a fashion presentation in New York in September that involves students, uh, student designers who none of whom are, you know, are all learning from home and don't know if they're going to go back to their campuses. And I'm urging this group to find a way to announce that there's, that we're going to do something uh, because we're finding in the overall media landscape um, uh, uh, in terms of earned media, in terms of publicity, that the, press is really looking for any company that will give an indication of where they think things are going in, in the months ahead that, uh, and, and, and give some, even if it's, even if it's with the, the disclaimer that we're not sure, but we think that it will be like this, uh, that's better than, than everybody just saying, we don't know. Um, and, and that gets sort of leads into my last section, which I'm calling the, communicating phase one of return to open. Um, and this is where local becomes so important. Uh, every, every city and every governor, uh, well, every governor of every state has become, you know, uh, a, a kind of new found celebrity in that state. Uh, certainly we have Governor Cuomo in New York whose, whose profile couldn't be higher, uh, but we're finding that local newspapers and local television stations uh, and, and, and state governors have more influence now than national media. Uh, everyone cares more about naturally what's going on in their particular community as it relates to how businesses are opening, uh, what schools are saying, uh, you know, sort of how, how the economy is doing. Um, and, and so while we had always been an agency advocating for national and global messaging, uh, we've, we've had to shift to be uh, proponents of particular messages for particular markets. One state is 
in total lockdown. Another state is already reopening. Uh, one governor saying one thing and another governor saying something very different. Um, and we've got to sort of test the, um, the, the temperature of the regional market and then uh, be able to be communicating what's relevant in that state versus you know, what we're doing in New York. Uh, so it, it, it means for a lot more work and, and, and a lot more kind of concurring amongst ourselves about what, what we can find that's sort of universally true, no matter what market we're doing business in, versus where we have to be very specific about where we are, where we are open. Um, I, uh, go ahead. That, that, that brings up an issue. I think it's a very valid point that you have to be very aware of local conditions. But you know, if you're on Instagram or something, um, I, I think all of our all of our members are interested. You know, this pandemic is going to end at some point, and how do we move beyond that? But you don't want to. You want to be careful. You don't want to say, "Oh yes, people are dying in New York, but look at me here in Houston. I'm making beautiful rooms, and here's my latest beautiful room." So how how do you think people should think about this sort of return to whatever the new normality is? But also, you know, you want to keep in business. You you want to, you know, keep your awareness going, but you don't want to be insensitive. How how do you think um, people should think about that? Well, I it, it's what we're dealing with every day to try to find that right balance. Well, I know there's no definitive answer, but just yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, you know, I I. I looked at the, we were talking about, I don't know, I just use these anecdotes to help maybe answer the question. We were talking about masks today. Where are we on masks? Have we all done, you know, my husband, this is my plug, my, my husband Stephen is sewing masks out of fancy fabric scraps in the dining room. Um, yeah. And, uh, and this is his book, The 24-Hour Soup Kitchen, about cooking in soup kitchens around the world. I told him I'd plug it, so. Please. This is like a commercial it's break. It's a great book. It's a great commercial book. break. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I thought, I, I didn't, I thought doing masks, doing fashion designers, doing masks in an auction or doing a mass collaboration seemed kind of exploitative, seemed a little bit like, I don't know, I think everybody making masks is great. I think everybody donating masks, which is what we're doing here in my house. Um, but I, I just didn't know if it if it was insensitive. And someone in my office said, uh, J. Crew and Madewell both launched mask collections on their website this week and they're sold out already. So, yeah. um, you know, I think every, I'm not sure that's, I don't, I don't know how I would have felt about that if I had been in that meeting, uh, deciding to do that, um, you know, making them a fashion statement already. Uh, I don't, I didn't know we were ready for that. Uh, clearly, they all thought it was fine. And, and the women in my office didn't have an issue with it either. So that's a, an instance where I, I guess I would have been overruled uh, on my, on my advice on that. Um, I, I went to the Wolf uh, Appliance website yesterday and I didn't expect to see a pop-up window that said COVID-19 and how we're, you know, are our showrooms open? How can you, how can you try a product? But I've been to other, uh, I've been to other uh, home furnishings or, you know, providers who have had a box come immediately up on the screen 
that says, here's our response to the pandemic um, on, on the first screen. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any you know, single playbook on it. Um, other, other than to say, I think consumers uh, still want to actually are craving images of travel. I am cra craving images of great design. Um, I saw one interior designer post over the weekend that he didn't feel right continuing to show beautiful rooms on his channel and uh, and and didn't admitted that he didn't know when he'd come back to Instagram to show beautiful rooms, but he had decided that that it just didn't seem like an appropriate thing for him. I totally understand that, and I don't think any other designer um, I saw somebody comment on his post saying, "What about all the all the people that make these rooms possible?" which I think is actually the the perfect dialogue about it. Right. Post a beautiful room, acknowledge all the people that help make it happen, and and add a and add a comment that says, "I'm looking forward to a time that I can visit again," or um, you know, which acknowledges the position that we're in now, mm -hmm. but still gives you the beautiful image to and to and I, aspire to. And I don't think that's inauthentic because all the designers I've been talking to are concerned about keeping their workrooms busy, keeping their staff employed. You know. It is a big chain. A lot of talent goes into creating a room or a building or a, a house. And you know, all of those people are dependent for their livelihoods along the way. So I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, so I mean, r run the room, run, run the image of the room and say, I've run this image before. I never got to mention, this is the hashtag for the workroom. This is the name of the, of right. the sewer. This is the, you know, the name Brand of the lighting. Time fixture right. company exactly right. um so and and again it it puts it in the moment it acknowledges that this post isn't just like even though it looks the same if you read the caption and again i use instagram as kind of a a playbook that then we can follow in in paid marketing and and other and other strategies um other marketing communications i'm sorry i just keep looking at my notes um it says not a lot of universals, which I guess I just said. Um, the hyperlocal I've covered. Um, just today, there, you know, there's the changing definition of what's an essential business, and the journal ran a story about outlaws, uh, pe uh, people who are sneaking their hairdressers into their houses mm -hmm. um, and violating, you know. Uh, business recommendations. Uh, so, um, you know, while we said at the beginning of this conversation, I feel like everybody's giving everybody a break. Uh, the 1% the that many of us service one way or the other um, are, are always uh, fair game uh, for the media. So um, I think, you know, it, kind of like celebrities are, uh, have to be extra careful about uh, following state guidelines assiduously. And, and as you say, um, if, if you can customize your content to the market that you're in and almost acknowledge what the guidelines are to, sh to demonstrate your, um, your uh, adherence to those guidelines, you know, you get to sort of have your cake and eat it too. You get to celebrate that your business is functioning 
uh, while reminding people that you know what the guidelines are and that they are unique in Houston, to Houston than they are in, in New York City. And I think you made a very good point that, you know, especially design in industries, architecture and design and interior design are very personal businesses, very one-on-one. -on -one. So I think your point about reaching out to your clients um, directly and talking, you know, not via Instagram, but via phone call is really important. And also to your team, obviously you're going to talk to your team intimately. But I think that that, that point that you made is really super important about constant communication well and we have so much more time we're not right going to yes, cocktail exactly. parties and we're not commuting and we're not going to the movies so um you know i have a big legal pad and a list of names and i just keep going down and calling 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 yeah i think that's so everybody seems to want to talk right and and you know i i, I don't think i'm a nuisance and I'm sure it's happening to everybody on this call. You're, we're getting calls from people we haven't spoken to in 10 years, you know, yes, wanting sir. to check in, wanting to, I mean, maybe it's because we're in New York and people know we're kind of in the middle of it and they, they want to make sure we're okay. Well, I think, I think it is beyond New York though, across the country. I mean, I've been talking to also, and you know, the volume of cell phone calls is way up. No more texting and emailing. People really want the reassurance of the human voice. And I think that's, mm -hmm. Um, very important at this time. Mm -hmm. I um I just had a note, and I mentioned you know our um, our fast food clients, which one would say how do you uh, compare um, you know a, a bespoke uh, lighting company to mm -hmm. Carl's Jr. But um, we're starting to develop communications around contactless delivery. So, you know, we're starting to figure out how we're going to communicate how safe interactions with our company and brand and product will be. Um, and, and, I, and, and maybe that's not really part of this call or in my scope of presentation, but um, I am interested in how, uh, how we'll reassure our customers that we're uh, staying safe and that we're providing experiences and uh, and products in a safe manner. Um, and, and maybe everybody else has seen this already, but I got this, uh, I got this delivery from a material bank, which is a company that I think sources material. And on the FedEx envelope is a sticker that says, this was treated with Lysol. <laughs> contents treated with Lysol. And it was clearly That's provided right. by Lysol to Materials Bank, um, and they're sticking it on their FedEx envelopes. Right. So I think there's, uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunity to communicate safety and, and uh, compliance um, in, in marketing. Um, well, we have a few questions. Are you ready for the questions? Okay. Besides my interruptions and rude questions? <laughs> no. I, I, I really feel like I hear, my, hear the right. sound I of have, my voice. I have one question from me. Just, I just want you to take out your crystal ball. And what do you think is going to happen to the luxury market in the next, 
and not even luxury, but high-end market in the next five or six months. What do you see happening? And we won't come back and haunt you with this, I promise. Well, I know, nobody has my number. They can't, they can't find me up here. I have I'm your number. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, of course I want to say, I think that it's going to be strong. I, I have pent up, I, I feel like anyone who survives this, I want to drink every bottle of champagne and take every trip and buy everything I can get my hands on. That's, and you know, so there you go. Okay. That's me. Um, I, I, I regret every expensive thing I didn't buy when I had the chance. Okay. And I hope that other people, I know everybody's talking about a a simpler time and, you know, we also heard that after a 9-11 and that simpler, non-ironic time didn't last very long. So I, I, have, a, I have a feeling you're, you're right, James. Um, I have a couple of questions here from people who are listening in. One is, and this a little bit touches on what you were talking about, communications, but you know, some of these firms have had to lay off or furlough uh, staff members. Um, how, do you, how should they address um, you know, communicating that? Obviously, internally, people are going to know that people have been laid off or furloughed, but should, you know, how open should you be about that in general, do you think? I, I think to acknowledge that there has been changes in the business, you know, a few times Mm -hmm. um, is enough. I, 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 I don't see any reason to be harping on it. And we wouldn't have in a different situation. And I don't, I don't really, I, I think to show compassion for the people that you've had to furlough and acknowledge it. Uh, but I, 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 I don't, and, but if there isn't a, an obvious on. reason to do that, I would move on. Yeah, okay, good. Um, now here's somebody who's in that situation that I mentioned before, like they're actually doing, they said their business is better than ever, but they don't want to appear insensitive, but they want to let people know that, you know, they're doing good work and that people, clients are coming to them. How, how they said, what's, do you have any advice on striking the right balance? I think those are great to be shared in one-on-one conversations, uh, okay. as an example. Um, we all kind of know the people that care to know that we're doing well and that we trust that they'll put that in perspective. Um, and, and so to use that information, but I've, my, uh, my uh, wine brands have, their business has been stronger than ever. Uh, right. The wine brands that sell in grocery stores. So these sort of inexpensive California wines, um, business is, is booming. Um, and, and if I thought it's been great to be able to share that information now, we're not saying it publicly and I won't mention the brand names. Um, but, but I think that they're, uh, talking about it with, with their distribution network, the grocery stores on how strong the business is. And, and I think it's great to share good news whenever you've got it. I mean, that's just a philosophical thing that I think it's like a gift to give to people. Right. Um, I do think, as you say, it, it could come across as insensitive. And I feel like there's ways of communicating to key decision makers, to, to business partners, to potential clients, um, that, that business has been better than ever. It's not something to put in an Instagram post. Right. 
Gotcha. Um, now here's something else we sort of touched on a little bit of is the idea of, somebody was asking here about the support small businesses, like you were saying the Instagram post put in all the brands and the workrooms and stuff. But they're worried is like, how do you do that so it, it really works? Because you don't want it to be kind of like the green messaging or whatever, you know, after a while people stop listening to it. Um, so they're saying it reminds me of the green message. It seems like it only matters if the product is beautiful and relevant too. So, you know, I agree. you know, if you have an ugly room, nobody cares that you use this workroom. It's not actually going to do them any benefit, but, um, it, how, how is the best way in terms of messaging this, you know, the design and architecture really is a huge business and supports a lot of people. I mean, I think you sort of answered it with that Instagram, with your example of the Instagram post. Well, and again, I'm not trying to shamelessly plug DLN, but I think to the degree that you can acknowledge that you're a legitimate industry and a trade group and and that they're, that you employ a lot of people and that you bring a lot of joy to people and that a lot of that can can happen in, in sort of a, a public service kind of announcement. Um, and I think, kind of going back to the strategic partnerships opportunity, the more, and social is such a good opportunity for this where you can post frequently to have an increased cadence around the industry overall and, and what it's doing. Um, I mean, you're part of the construction industry, which is considered essential in New York State. And one of the businesses already open in New York City and they're already have people back in buildings. Um, so to the degree that you can connect yourself to an essential part of the economy and remind people that this just isn't about one consumer having everything that they want, there's a lot of people that are getting employed. Um, I, I think, I think you, you, you get to benefit from it. And I agree entirely with the questioner, the picture still gotta be great. Right, okay. And here's the, the last question I think is a, is a good way to end on too. It's from a, a new member, Donna Mondi. She says, what elements of this time period do you think or hope should continue on as we enter normal life? Will the way we engage with clients and potential clients be changed? What, what are we gonna learn from this crisis? Well, I think there's, there's gonna be a, there's a, a new level of humanity that we're all reminded that how fragile life is and and I, I believe that there'll just be better behavior across the board um i hope to god and, you're right yeah uh, you know um and 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 i do think uh there's certainly going to be a movement just aesthetically away from overproduced things i mean we you know the the infamous Costume Institute uh, Met Ball was canceled, and I read in passing that it, you know it's going to be kind of recreated by a bunch of kids on the internet. Yeah, in I some, thought that was so cool. Some creative way, which I, I didn't read the story, but of course, when you think back on what that looked like, that sort of parade of excess and kind of absurdity, yeah. um, which you know, in the moment, I think. I, I, I only regretted that I wasn't invited. Um, <laughs> now, now it seems, you know, completely outdated right. and, and, and inappropriate and just kind of vulgar and wrong in so many ways. So um, I think 
I think it will happen in, in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean that there won't be a desire to, I hope, I know my desire won't change to drink all those champagne bottles and take all those extravagant trips. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of ways that people will consume and be express themselves and have great parties. But I think there'll be a, a complete kind of uh, reset on, on our values and, and how things look and how we, how we treat each other. I mean, we, have one client who keeps reminding us it's not a restart, it's a reset. We're, we're yeah. not restarting what we had. We, we, we're, we've turned the knob and we're going we're gonna to be active in a new that's, way. That's a great way of putting it. Um, well, James, I want to thank you so much for this thoughtful and really helpful discussion. Um, so. And you've been fantastic. And I want to remind everybody who's been on the call that these uh, expert access webinars uh, come with AIA and ASID CEU credits. So um, the DLN will explain to you how to get those. Um, and we have more uh, expert access webinars coming up. Next week, I'm gonna be talking to Alex Tuttle, the lawyer who prepared the DLN white paper on contracts. And he's gonna be discussing contracts in crisis because the crisis is still on. And then on Thursday, I'm gonna be speaking with Benjamin Raynard um, about social media and all things social media and how it can improve your business. So all, all the details on the webinars and how to register are on the DLN website. Um, and we're gonna have more in, in the coming weeks because as James was saying, where this is a community and we're all helping each other. So um, if you have any questions, just reach out to the DLN team. And I wanna thank you, James, so much for this fascinating and important discussion. I know it's been helpful to so many people. My pleasure. Thanks for thank inviting you me. so much, James. All right, talk to you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.